Hello friends, I'm Carly. I'm Kelsey. Welcome to the Sheatitudes Podcast. a few a few minutes yeah at least I Mm -hmm. think it has been just just a touch a little just a little step over a month yeah 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 yeah. that wasn't the original plan friends but we had we had life kind of just happened all of a sudden yeah we had big emergency so we haven't posted everything is fine everything's fine now but had a little medical scare with our newborn niece And so when we post our, we have a 4K Friday recorded for y'all that didn't get posted (laughs) in the middle of all that, you hear the baby Mm -hmm. kind of cooing a little bit in the background. And then when we recorded, it was like three days later, she's hospitalized. Mm -hmm. So so it was a bit of a chaotic season. Life kind of happened. We had to be kind of jumping around and shuffling the babies. And then it was also the end of the school year, which was mayhem because COVID school. Everyone hug a teacher. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you can now. You can hug a teacher if you're vaccinated. <laughs> Go hug teachers. Hug your teachers. <laughs> Buy them things. Oh, Venmo please. them. Throw us showers. Ugh. We can't do that unless we're getting married, Carly, or having babies, remember? Oh, oh, oh. So, yeah, anyway, go ahead. Send love to educators. Do that. So yeah, we had we had this this big emergency with our niece. We had the end of the school year, and right when the end of the school year happened, we went on vacation. Mm-hmm. We spent that the following weekend after school got out, and the weekend after that out of town, escaping. Mm-hmm. And so we just were like, you know what? We're we're just not going to record for a minute. We're going to find our footing. We're going to catch our breath after all of the madness. Mm-hmm. And now we're back. I don't really know. Do you feel like you've actually caught your breath? Uh, immediately, no. But I just did a lot of things today. And so I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. So says the nine. I napped today. Mm. I don't normally do that. I napped for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to set up a hot tub and a pool. And, yeah. and then I helped move a crib. I'm just... You're so helpful. I'm a helper, and I'm a boy brain. Bless your servant heart, Carly. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. But anyway, I guess I don't know. Should we give the people? I feel like in the in this month that we've not been recording, outside of the the busyness, there's also been a lot of changes. I Mm -hmm. feel like we should update the people on. Sure. Sure. Do you want to go first? Me go first? Do you have updates really? I mean, my hair is blue. <gasps> Carly's <laughs> hair is blue, everyone. She Carly. came home and she totally scared me. She like looked at me and she we were talking about something totally different. I don't remember what we it were, was. We were it was like our plans for the next day and something. Yeah. And then she goes, Okay, I like kind of have a surprise. And I automatically assumed she meant a surprise for me. So I got very excited. <laughs> and she's like, do you want me to tell you? And I was like, well, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't like knowing that I'm about to be surprised yeah. and then having it withheld from me. Yeah. And so under the, you know, assumption that I was getting something out of this deal, I was deeply upset that I didn't get to know the surprise. And then she gave some hints and I was like, oh my gosh, you're dyeing your hair. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, I dyed it for her. <laughs> well, that was kind of the thing. It was like, I wanted to just like, no introduction, just like sit down next to you and have my hair be blue. But then that meant I'd have to do it. Yeah. And I don't like to. No. <laughs> Especially with how meticulous and thorough I was. Yeah. We got through two episodes of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> <laughs> the time it took me and they were her. reunion episodes, so it was like extra drama. It was. Yeah. <laughs> the dumbest thing that we do but i'm not planning on stopping <laughs> anyway so yes it is just a temporary thing mom <laughs> yeah yeah everyone loves it unless katie and i sneak in and diet in her sleep 
which well, we've threatened to do. Yeah. We love it. I love it, except for since it is a washout in like two weeks thing, it is staining my sleep shirts and my neck is always blue and my ears are blue. <laughs> it's That's a like silly. all of the women who play Elphaba on Broadway, they're still finding green in the rings of their hats like years mm. later. Yeah, 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 yeah. She just stays with you, you know. It's the yeah. magic of Broadway. So that's what my ears are. Yeah, I think it's, so. It's the magic it's of just, Broadway. Carly, it's just theater magic. <laughs> okay, great. That's what it great. is. So my hair is blue. That's pretty much my only <laughs> life update. I don't know. Is anything happening in my life? I just, I got to see my friends from my old church because my old pastor just retired. And so, I mean, that's not a huge like life update, but I just shout out to them and it was good for the soul. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I'm just reeling over the fact we're mostly maskless these days. And I know people mm-hmm. are just smiling at each other and so excited. It feels yeah. like we all went, well, most of us went through this like collective you know, moment where it was like, okay, we're just going to hunker down. We're going to do this for a second. And now that we're out of it, Mm -hmm. oh, everybody's just so happy to be around each other. But currently my, my secret fallen favorite thing is seeing people who are super anti-vax. Oh my gosh. All of a sudden, totally proud of wearing a mask. (laughs) (laughs) I am not vaccinated. So, okay, whatever, whatever. (laughs) All seems too exhausting to be that upset all the time. (laughs) Um, I have, I guess I have more updates then, don't I? Mm-hmm. I So I am currently no longer in church leadership. I stepped mm-hmm. down from that for a number of reasons. Um, and I am going to be, be, I'm going to be starting to take classes to get my teaching certificate officially. I've been working in the LOL, school. LOL, 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 LOL. Yeah, you guys, I'm so tormented. <laughs> I just, uh, I got all my books yesterday. Well, no, I should rewind first and say like, I have kind of felt a nudge for a few years I've been working in special ed but not with an actual teaching certificate Mm -hmm. a few things happened that showed that it was I don't know just the right time I suppose Mm -hmm. but once I made the decision I'm such a commitment phobe (laughs) I got my books yesterday and it was like the first book I pulled out was how to teach math (laughs) and I was like I don't want to be a teacher and then two books down the stack was like culturally appropriate teaching and the brain and I was like oh I want to be a teacher again so it just <laughs> it flip-flops really fast as to what I want to do while, while she's dyeing my hair I in jest say hey Kelsey you should probably go to beauty school and she's like don't tempt me uh, it just killed me <laughs> I was asked like hey you should um I, I was asked by my nail tech who listens hey hey Sal she's listening hi um I was asked, like, hey, why don't you just become a nail tech? And listen, every part of me was like, I want to do that. Ultimately, it just feels like the cards, should I, can, am I allowed to say the cards have, a, the stars have aligned, the card, the right <laughs> cards have been drawn, are people going to get mad if I talk like that? Um, everything just feels like it's lined up in the right way for me to do this at this time. And even though I have never in my life, like lifelong, have never once had any sort of vocational pull into public school teaching mm-hmm. I think I just ran from it for a long time yeah a really long time but I do love teaching I love I my goal is to be high school English teacher because language matters mm-hmm. so much and I think right now matters so much yeah um and I think especially in like these smaller areas like preparing them for a world that doesn't always look like what they think it's going to look like and Anyway, I just, I am excited about it, but I question myself hourly. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. Is that all, all that's up with that, I guess? What's I don't, up with that? What's up with I don't really that? have to get too deep into other stuff, I guess, no. right now. No. We've got so much time. So little time, so much to do. Okay, so that actually helps me to segue into what we were what we were going to do. In our game, because I was trying to think of a Mary-Kate and Ashley something or other to do with it, <laughs> and I, I couldn't. I could only think of Mary-Kate and Ashley bloopers, and so that wasn't going to be helpful. <laughs> but anyway, everyone, for our for our game today, um, we're going to be playing, I don't know what to call it, really. It's currently a TikTok trend mm-hmm. where usually it's siblings, because they know each other really well, but it can be anybody. They will like say a movie quote into the camera, and then they'll go over to someone else and be like, hey, I did, like, 
Titanic or whatever, and that person has to say the first quote that comes to mind from that movie, and they have to see if they match. Mm-hmm. And so Carly and I were like, oh, uh, we grew up watching all the same movies. So this can either be really good and we'll be so in sync, or we're going to be so off because there's so many choices. Clearly, (laughs) as we're sitting here in front of this microphone, there's really no way for me to say a a quote and then go to her and tell her what movie. (laughs) Like, she'll hear me. Right. And so we're just going to, we have this this beautiful pile of um, little strips of paper. Isn't it beautiful, Carly? Thank you. Wow, you're a good terror. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) You're a terror. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Zing! That's true. Um, There are movies written on these strips of paper. We're each going to draw one, and then we're going to get, like, max five seconds. Mm -hmm. Think of a quote. We're just going to say them at the same time. It's either going to be a total mess if we're not saying the same thing, (laughs) or or it's going to be crisp and clean, and we're going to be so on the same page. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Mm -hmm. That's the goal. (laughs) But some of these movies have too many options. (laughs) So so we'll see. So many options. (laughs) Oh, nice. That was Napoleon Dynamite, ladies and gentlemen. And that's not even one of the ones we're doing. Great, great. Okay, wait. I need to take a little sip. Sip. Why don't you draw one first while I take a drink of my own? Okay. My eyes closed. Every head bowed. Every eyes. <laughs> Every eyes closed. I get word. Okay. Our first movie is Mulan. Think okay. of it. Yep. I, oh, no. I haven't thought. I haven't thought. <laughs> Ready? Three, two, one. But I don't want to kick the other kids off. <laughs> Not starting off well. <laughs> so Kelsey's was. But I don't want to kick the other kid's butt. And mine was, hello, Champo. <laughs> and I That's am right. Yao. Okay, the one with Yao was my second choice. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should have done. Okay. Okay, I'll draw one now. Ready? Okay, School of Rock. Mm-hmm. Starring Jack Black. Okay. School of Rock. Ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. One. Are you warm? warm? <laughs> <laughs> we did one. We also both made a face while we did it. We really committed to the character. Oh. Joan Cusack. Joan she be Cusack. Praised. Oh, bless her. Okay, Carly. All right. Our okay. third movie. Sister Act 2. Back in the Habit. All right. <laughs> okay, yes. Yes, okay. ready? Three, two, one. You guys, she is right. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, 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 nice. Next movie is Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. (laughs) Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Dorcas! (laughs) I was going to do something different. I was going to do a care for our our tobacco, but I was like, Kelsey's going to say Dorcas. (laughs) That quote is the reason I wrote that movie down. Oh my gosh, what a dumb name. What it's it? biblical though. I that, oh, so? A needle pulling thread. <laughs> there are some dumb names in scripture too. Dorcas. We used to call kids a Dorcas when we were young as like an insult. Yeah. Dorcas. Moving on. Next movie. Yeah. Miss Congeniality. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yep, got it. Three, two, one. I, I don't would have, have a gun. to say. Oh. <laughs> Kelsey, say your whole life. I don't have a gun. My ancestors were Quakers. <laughs> Mine was. I would have to say April 25th because it's not too hot and it's not too cold. All you need is a light jacket. Fun fact Freya Spring, born on the perfect date, April, April 25th. 25th. What a lucky little girl. Little lucky. Oh. We won't get into it now. Okay, next movie. Was it me? Am I is it me? Arsenic and old lace. Oh, oh man, oh man. I'm trying to think of lines. I'm seeing things, but I can't think of Okay, I got one. Three, two, one. Hello, handsome. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so Kelsey said. He's a Methodist. Oh, how nice. <laughs> and I said, hello, handsome. <laughs> that movie's so good. We haven't watched that in a while. Yeah, yeah. It's a Halloween classic. All right. Oh, man. We have ten years to choose from. 
Friends. The whole Friends series. Got it. I okay. Know. Okay. okay. Ready? ready? Three, two, one. Pivot! <laughs> I knew we'd get back together somewhere. Oh, man, oh, man. Okay, next movie. Madeline. Like the the live action one? Yes, of like, what, from like 1996? Okay, okay. Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. Three, two, one. It's because they're idiots. Because they're idiots. I want chicken Helen. <laughs> I thought about that one, but the idiot's line is, it makes me laugh harder. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's your turn to draw one. My bad. Okay. okay. Do I take that turn from you? Alice in Wonderland, Disney cartoon classic. Okay, got it. Okay. Three, two, one. Goodbye, Goodbye Dinah. Yes. <laughs> that is just my one of my all-time favorites because here she is literally falling. <laughs> Possibly to her death. She does not know. And what does she think to do? Calmly let her cat. Well, that's what I was calling out when I was drifting out into the lake on the floaty. Goodbye, Dinah. (laughs) Goodbye. Just like, don't let the cat freak out. (sighs) Okay, angels in the outfield. Mm. Oh, no. I have two that you could go with here. Dang it. Let's go. Okay, three, two, one. One. No, I'm, I'm a Maggie. pitcher. No! That's what I was going to say! I was gonna say that. No, I'm a pitcher. And then I was like, no, Carly's gonna go with Maggie Nelson. <laughs> I'm, Maggie Nelson. I'm Maggie Nelson. I knew either that or I the really old... like Janine. <laughs> I really like Miguel. <laughs> I almost said Janelle. <laughs> That line stood out to me growing up is because we had a dog, and our last name is Nelson. Our dog's first name was Maggie, so she was Maggie Nelson, and it was like, the lady's name's Maggie Nelson. Just the way she says that line is so funny. (laughs) I was like, did you hear you say that? (laughs) That was the choice you made? I'm Maggie Nelson. All right, next movie. (laughs) The Swan Princess. Oh, there's so many choices. There's... Oh, dang. Uh... Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, no, I've got it. Ready? Um, ready. Three, two, one. Annette! Urger! <laughs> Same character. Same character. That's, That's half a point. Sandy Duncan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Heavyweights. Oh, no. Okay. Another one where there are way too many. I got it. Dang it, Carly. Okay. Three, two, one. One. Got it! (laughs) Jeez, get a room! (laughs) I knew you weren't going to say it, but it was only what I could think of in spur of the moment. Oh no, why didn't I go with body? Body! That is still so good. Like, when you take kids on a field trip, it still is gold. I now, <laughs> Pat says to the kids getting off the bus, in a nice, orderly fashion, get off my bus! I almost went with that one, too. So I told, uh, I was like, I said that to the kids on my bus, being like, I really want to yell this line at you guys, but none of y'all will get it. And someone got it, like a third grader. Oh, good. He's being raised correctly. I was so happy. Good, so good. happy. Carly, draw. Draw, draw, draw. Drawing. James and the Giant Peach. Oh, no. That's another one. We could go so many mm-hmm, directions. Mm-hmm. Okay, ready? Yes. Three, two, one. You hit me in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I almost thought about doing that, right? Isn't it a lovely day? <laughs> he blows up the thing. Yep. yep. Yeah. Okay. Dang. We got to get back with it, Carly. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Nacho Libre. I feel like we'll go too much. <laughs> Okay, ready? Not jelly Bray. Ready? Three, two, one. Smells like cookies. Smells like cookies. Chancho, I need to borrow some sweats. <laughs> He's lucky, Machete. Uh, Rocket Man, not the Elton John biopic. The 90s okay. Disney movie. Got it. Okay. Okay, three. Two, one. It All right, Commander, me. call me mommy. <laughs> <laughs> mommy. 
Please, mummy. What were you saying? I don't even remember. It wasn't me. That's just like his line oh, throughout the movie. But like when he farts in the spacesuit and it just like fills with gas. That was Julie. Oh my gosh. Okay. Sleeping Beauty. We're not doing well, Carly. <sighs> Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. Ready? <laughs> okay, I got it. <laughs> Ready? Three, two, one. Eggs, flour, milk. <laughs> I was in the same scene. I was going, eggs, fold in gently. Fold? <laughs> same character, same scene. That's closer than we've been. Sure, oh, sure. Better. Okay. Hocus Pocus. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> There's so many choices we could do. Uh. Dang it. Okay. Hocus Pocus. Like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> The only one coming to my mind is not like a good one. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you won't say it. <laughs> you just won't. Um, <laughs> okay. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Tisfers! <laughs> That's what you went with of all of the choices. What do you call them, Max? Yabos. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay, Carly. Mm-hmm. My Fair Lady, Audrey Hepburn, Rex Harrison. Okay? Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. I Go. swallowed one. No! <laughs> that was my second choice. <laughs> That's why I had one. It doesn't matter. We have plenty more. <laughs> Gone. Gone. We say that all the time. I know. I'm sorry. Ugh. I tried to go with something I thought you were going to say, <laughs> and you went what I probably would have said. Uh, okay, okay. This is our problem. Draw one. <sighs> Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> okay, ready? <laughs> ready? Three, two, one. One. I'm not me, not happy. Hermione, <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm getting upset. <laughs> I we should be this. better at this. No, we are not bad. We've not been doing I as told well you, as I thought. I told you that it was either going to be really on <laughs> or really off. Okay, The Parent Trap, 1998, Lindsay Lohan, Dennis Quaid, Natasha Richardson, be here with me. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I love how I'm to blame. <laughs> like, it's not a mutual thing. I am the one incorrect here. Okay. Parent trap. Carly, you need to, you okay. need to get your brain. I got it. Ready? I got it. Three, two, one. Going Go for back. a dick badge on t mind. <laughs> Okay, the last one, Carly. We can't mess this up. It is Boy Meets World. The entire series of Boy Meets World. We must pick one quote from the entire series. We did it with friends. We I'm nervous. We come on. Come on. I'm staring you down, like trying to give it to you uh-huh. through my eyes. Uh-huh. Ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. I, I have, have an itch. itch. Yes! <laughs> Finale! <laughs> I have an itch. I am praise handsing like it's the only thing I know how to do. When we play Yahtzee with our brother-in-law and sister, we shake our arm fat anytime someone All gets a Yahtzee. Wings. Yep. <sighs> so that's what we're doing. We did Thank it. goodness. Finally got that all back together. <laughs> Deeply sorry to everyone who had to sit through that madness. <laughs> Ugh. Well, now that we got a failing grade on that, let's do something else. <laughs> can we? I don't even know if I can move on. I don't know if I can move forward. I'm, I'm, I'm no, just Kelsey, deeply overcome. You need to walk in freedom. <laughs> nice segue. Ding, 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 ding. Today's episode, Blessed is Freedom. Freedom! That? Oh, name that movie. I don't actually know. I've never seen it. <laughs> Like, I know who's in it, and I know who's yelling the lie. It's Braveheart. Braveheart. I almost said Matlock. (laughs) (laughs) That's not it. It's Braveheart. Oh, my goodness. Every time I say Braveheart, I get a little nervous. It's going to sound too much like Brave Fart. 
No? I, mm, I don't get nervous like that. I do. I remember an ice routine based on Braveheart. Yes. Where he ended with a black bag yes. over his head. And I'm trying to, I think about that more often than one probably should. Yeah. And I, like, was it Elvis Stoiko? Like, who was it? I don't I also remember an ice dance routine and the song choice. It was like, do they not speak English? It was Phantom of the Opera. And like, they included the part that I gave you my mind blindly. And then like edited into another part of the... That's (laughs) a bummer. It was just like really weird. And I laughed at it every time. But anyway, freedom. 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 Because this is the July 4th week. Yes. Which is... (laughs) When our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, (laughs) died for America. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay. We just probably should set up a disclaimer right now that there's going to be some sarcasm throughout the episode. (laughs) Please do not take that to mean that we don't love living here. Right. Or respect the... um, See, this is where it gets so hard. Because, like, I want to say we respect the, the notion that our nation was founded upon yeah yeah i don't necessarily always think that the the rules as were written or the beliefs as written have been well followed right uh and so i don't you know i i, I am not one of those people who's like they had no flaw right and it just was right this perfect thing. like, like I, no. I celebrate the ideals <clears throat> and, yeah. and want to see them be made more perfect yeah um, but yeah. and i think at different times as history moves on that is going to look different yeah um we are life doesn't look the same as it did back yeah. then and so we have to make those things work with anyway uh, without this becoming like a civics lesson <laughs> <laughs> um we're going to get sarcastic because that is who we are if that's not your style you don't have to listen <laughs> Um, but we decided to use this week to talk about freedom because it's going to be a natural theme this week with it being uh, the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. But also because uh, we think that it is sometimes far too easy to mistake um, national freedoms with Biblical. gospel yeah. but freedoms. Like it's saying religious freedom isn't actually the same thing as gospel freedom. Yeah. Religious freedom is something that you, is a right that we have Mm -hmm. as a national freedom, but religious freedom is not the same as gospel freedom. They Mm -hmm. are opposite things. They can work together, but they are not as intrinsic or equal or synonymous, I guess. Well, it's it's even similar to like how we use the terms progressive or liberal and conservative. Mm -hmm. And we use those terms... And equate them interchangeably when we're talking about politics and the Bible. Whereas there are people who have conservative political leanings that have a very progressive view of scripture. Yeah. Yes. Or vice versa, that Uh there are those who have liberal political leanings, but a very conservative view of scripture. And so so we need to be really cautious in our choices of words because it can just become a buzzword. And so we equate it with all this baggage that isn't necessarily true to what the conversation's about. And so we want to prioritize biblical freedom, gospel freedom, over and above American freedom. Yeah. And that, I think, um, I don't necessarily know that that idea makes people nervous. I think that there are a lot of different American Christians who believe that they do the same thing. Um, But I I would have said that about myself, too. Mm -hmm. And it's only really been in the last three to four years that I've started to realize just how very unnuanced I was in my own thinking and how I very much equated the two because I it had never been challenged in me. Right. I was able to equate the two because I, I benefited from that and never saw a reason to question it. Right. Um, anyway, the more I dive into scripture, the more I dive into the gospel, the more I see that this is a faith that calls you to lay down your rights. Mm-hmm. And that's not even remotely what national freedom is about. Right. It's about standing well, up and fighting for them. If if we equate our American freedom with part of that being the gospel, that that's part of our freedom as a Christian, then what are we saying about the international church that is actually persecuted? Right. You know, that they have the same freedom we do. Well, and that's... If not, they probably have more. What, yeah, and that's what I think is so... Uh, I don't... Not bothersome. I don't know if that's the word, but... 
I think that we really do a disservice to the power of the gospel when we begin to equate our personal freedoms with gospel freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, because it starts to feel like unless we have the rights that we are used to, mm-hmm. we can't be believers. Yeah. And that is nonsense. Yeah. And that's how we're starting to act. Mm-hmm. We are really panicking over things that like, I mean, for instance, if we look through scripture, like what is promised is like, okay, I'm just like, I'm stumbling over myself because, because <laughs> there's ideas going. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, yeah. welcome to my brain. It's like 40 <laughs> browser windows all the time. Right. But it's like, you'll hear all the time. Like, oh, I'm just so thankful for this country. God gave us, God blessed us with God, this, 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 as though God's at all concerned with making sure our nations are fine. Mm hmm. But that's never promised in scripture. Right. We're never promised a nation. Right. What we are, like, there are verses like, oh, if my people this, then I will bless their nation. But those are circumstantial for that time. Yeah. In that moment, Mm -hmm. this, that current nation, what we're promised Mm -hmm. about nations truly is that they'll fall. Yeah. That is a certainty in scripture. And that every tribe and tongue will praise the name of the Lord. So they're secondary. Yeah. I think that sometimes when we're planting on our flags and making sure that our nation is what we want it to be or is this, 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 we get really stuck. And especially when we start attributing God's name to it, like God's not concerned with earthly kingdoms. Mm -hmm. He uses them. Yes. And, and I think places people where they need to be, you know, but, but he is so multicultural, multi-ethnic. Yeah, that the whole of the gospel is about, yeah, start where you're at, but go. Yeah. You know, you start in Jerusalem and then you go into Judea and then you go into Samaria and then the ends of the earth. It's not about a centralized location. It's about outward focus. um, And that is more freeing than loyalty to any, any one center thing. Tim Keller just posted something on Instagram, um, a, a map that was kind of showing like the, the location of different uh, world religions mm-hmm. and was showing, you know, kind of the numbers and where they were spread throughout the globe. And most often when we see maps like that, it's to be like 10 points for Christians. We're doing better with missions and we're winning the race of world right. religions, whatever. His purpose for posting it was to show that, like, most world religions have major epicenters. Yeah. Christianity is evenly spread throughout the globe. Mm -hmm. And so once we start equating it with a certain, like, political ideal or national ideal, or Mm -hmm. once there's any sort of God and country mindset, Mm -hmm. um, once God is in the sentence of with this nation or whatever, um, we start to set up this belief in our brains that like we're the central hub of where God is. And that's not the case. It is global. And so I think that like Africa is sending missionaries to us. Okay. (laughs) And they should, but we really do. We crap on the idea of this being a global religion when we start doing this God and country stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's not to like, I don't think it's at all sinful to say, God bless America. Right, right. But I think that when we say it in the way that's like, and so obviously he will, right? We have some humility to I think, obtain. I think the phrase, God bless America, even that song, the most recent times I've sung it, I'm like, that is me crying and asking, God forgive us. Like, yeah. God have mercy, you know, and and that humility rather than an arrogance. Oh, it's I'm kind of glad you bring up songs because um, uh, <laughs> we've both seen something on Instagram mm-hmm. posted by uh, The Witness through the BBC. But yeah, I think that this is an American branch. Uh-huh. At least this writer right. is American. That was talking about, like, the singing of patriotic songs in church, mm-hmm. whether it be, I think this was meant for the 4th of July, but same thing around, like, Veteran's Day or Memorial Day. And, like, as a worship leader, I've gotten requests for those things mm-hmm. before, that mm-hmm. that would be the right way to honor veterans. And I'm like, this worship service isn't about them. Right. Who are we worshiping? I absolutely believe that there is a time and a place for them to be honored, but yes. it's not in Jesus's worship service. Yeah. Yeah. That, no. That's why I feel like we lucked out growing up that even though, like, we would in the service honor veterans or anyone who served, but um, I know that in the song choices, 
Like, our pastor always liked singing the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Well, and here's what I love about that song specifically. Yes. Um, it's not actually... So, that's one... That was the one that people would sometimes request to honor our veterans, but it was like... But that has this, nothing to do with veterans. It's so... No, it's not. So, the so, lyrics are so godly. Oh, it is. The lyrics are phenomenal, but the... So... Battle Hymn of the Republic, My Eyes Have Seen the Coming of the Glory of the Lord, and talks about Jesus, um, you know, being born across, in the, in the beauty of the lilies, Christ was born across the sea. And then that verse ends with, as he died to make men holy, let us live to make men free. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the line, we took that to believe this is soldiers fighting for our freedom. Mm-hmm. No, because the song was written by a woman. Yeah. Who was an abolitionist. Mm-hmm. She couldn't be a soldier. Right. She was not fighting a hymn to send the boys off to mm-hmm. do the thing. She was writing a song that was calling all people mm-hmm. to be breakers of chains, mm-hmm. not for armies to win a battle. Right. Right. That song is a call for every single one of us mm-hmm. to look for who is chained yeah. and free them. Mm-hmm. And to recognize and honor and praise the glory of God that marches on, that keeps going and is doing that work ahead of us. And so the reason why even when that song would be requested, why I still didn't sing it is because I knew that's not the reason it was being requested. Yes, they were thinking in that way. However, when when our pastor growing up chose it, he knew the story. And he he would teach that. He would emphasize, like, this isn't about blah, blah, blah. Like, yes, it's fitting. But that's not the point. But then I've been in services where we sing America the Beautiful. And I realize part of it is like, God shed his grace on thee. But the punch that's not the time. The punch of the chorus is America, America. Like you're praising it. Yeah. And yeah. that that's concerning. Yeah. Yeah. That's just strange. And I think, I mean, uh, this can't become like how music affects the brain. One right. <laughs> I can't turn that in. To, but there is a reason why music is the fastest moving form of propaganda. Uh-huh. There is a reason why that's used. There is a reason why babies' brains latch to music first. Uh-huh. We are wired to respond to that. Yeah. And so when we have these songs that suggest certain themes, we are going to believe those faster than just the words on the page of the Bible. Yeah. We're going to. It's going to stick with our brains faster. Mm-hmm. And that's not because of anything wrong. That's because that's how God wired it. Yeah. Yeah. He wired every single brain musically, whether you're talented or not. Right. Every brain is wired musically. Mm-hmm. And so... These songs, what we start to believe about these songs is going to say a lot about our theology. Yeah. A lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I can't make the whole episode about that. I could. Right. <laughs> I For another can. time. But yeah, that, that emphasis that, um, you know, I mean, not to crap on any churches that if you did sing something patriotic this week, you have that authority in your jurisdiction to make the spiritual calls that you need to make for your congregation. But also watch out for idolatry. Keep it in mind. Um, I think that that is something um, I remember having conversations specifically about how do we reach millennials in the church and how do we do outreach for them? And I'm like, stop singing patriotic songs (laughs) at church. That was literally like a huge research thing Uh that it was like young people and it's not even that they hate America. That's what they'll be told. The assumption, they want to right? The assumption is, oh, we hate America, and we just want to be socialists. No, we just and- think that <laughs> America and the church are different things. Yes, yeah, they're different things, and that's and, and will and again, like you said, there's a time and a space for honoring those who've served, and 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 I don't think that that has to be away from church, but worship, yeah, is not the time, yeah. Yeah. It's it's difficult when I don't I don't know when in history this would have begun. It's probably something that is just central in human nature and has always been a problem, but somehow it's like 
we will quote scripture and take verses about Israel and attribute them to America. Like, you know, if my, if my people would fall on their knees and praise my name, I'll bless their nation or whatever kind of stuff, you know, that we see all the time. But the thing is, is that it's like Israel and America are not the same thing. Mm -hmm. And biblical Israel is different than the modern day Israel. Yep. But that's a whole different conversation. (laughs) But, you know, I see those verses and I'm just like, are you posting that because you're praying for America and wanting this to be true for them? Or are you posting that because you want to be true for the church? Right. Because in Galatians 3, when it says, like, now that we are under Abraham, we now are essentially privy to these promises. Mm-hmm. But that isn't now that, it, that's not for the new nations. Right. That's for the the church. The believers. Right. Yeah. The church can take on the promises given to Israel. Mm-hmm. America is Babylon. Yeah. Oof. That is. Even if we are proud to live here, even if we're proud mm-hmm. to be American, we can't start thinking that we as a first world powerhouse are the stranger. Right. We're kind of, we're, we are where the stranger dwells. Yeah. We're the big kingdom. Mm-hmm. We're, you know, <laughs> we have more power to oppress than to be oppressed yeah. as a nation. Yeah. The church, well, I mean, unfortunately, I think sometimes the American church has more power to oppress than be oppressed. But um, we have to, we have to find that line between when I am seeing these promises to Israel, am I assuming that for my nation mm-hmm. or am I assuming that for my faith? Mm-hmm. Um, they don't get to be the same. Right. I know we've already seen people posting like the Galatians verse, the, it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Mm-hmm. So don't be subject to the yoke of slavery. Right. And it's like, <laughs> again, look at the context because it's true, but also it's not about American freedom. Beautiful song. Who wrote that? Me. Wow. Grammy nominatee. Thank Nominatee. Nominee? Nom- uh, nominated. Nom- I was trying to say both, and then I was like hoping you wouldn't notice. I'm, I'm a nominatee. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Grammy nominatee, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Daisy sighed heavily at that. <laughs> she didn't oh, think she it was very funny. She is. Wow, what a big girl being She's so asleep. quiet. She's asleep. She got to play with her brother today, so she died. Oh, good. Anyway. Um, uh, and anyway, looking at that verse, it's not, again, about any sort of nationalistic freedom. It's not about getting to do whatever I want. It's about freedom from religious institutions. <laughs> can um, I put it like that? Well, you, I mean, you can. It's, it's an extreme view because it does, you know, we are still taught to be a slave to Christ even in our freedom, right? So there's that complication. Right, it's not that freedom from, it's freedom for right. idea. But, but basically, this whole context is talking about don't just go back to the way you think the Jews want you to be a Christian. Don't you, and it's really about circumcision, circumcision at this point. In Right, it's about saying like, so this is, <laughs> here's where this gets difficult because I think that um, essentially the verse is to say like you are free from having to follow the rules as people say you have to follow the rules. Yeah. But that makes some people nervous because they're like, but Jesus still had statutes. Jesus still, we still have to be obedient. People like I, I sense that yeah. rise up in people all yeah. the time that they have to get that obedience has to be the final word somehow, but we still have to obey. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. And what I, what I liken it to is like, like a rehab. Yeah. Okay. When when someone goes into rehab, those places, if they're if they're good, some places are like a spa. But if right. if they're re- truly rehabilitating people, there mm-hmm. are rigorous rules to follow to get yourself back on the right track. Mm-hmm. You are waking up for early. It's like living in a monastery. You're waking up for early morning prayers, and you're yeah. doing things all at the same time. You are chained to a routine, mm-hmm. and you cannot break it. Uh huh. You're, you're, you're learning the way, uh-huh. but then you're let go. Yeah. And if you continue, if waking up early and doing the prayers and doing the thing and this, 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 are you free? Mm. 
No. Right. You are expected to now re-enter society mm-hmm. not following every single rule with rigor as though you're afraid you might step out of bounds, but saying, I've done the rules. I know what the heart of it is. Now, mm-hmm. hopefully I can wear this as an active participant mm-hmm. in the world now knowing what the rules are, but I'm not chained to them. Like sometimes right. I think that, that, that the phrase like break the rules. Yeah. We tend to assume that means do the opposite of the rule. Right. When really I think that sometimes breaking the rules means setting yourself free from the rule that you aren't just taking every step being like, is that okay? Right. New step. Is that fine? Ooh, step. Is that going to make God mad? That's, Mm -hmm. that's shame. Mm -hmm. And that's fear. That's not walking in freedom, trusting that like, if you do misstep, the Holy Spirit's going to be there to be Mm -hmm. like, Ooh, tap, tap. Yeah. Wait, no shame. Yes. No shame. Right. Well, and that's where the, the idea of going, of being sent on a mission that you aren't clinging to your familiar systems to protect you. So you still follow God by staying right here. It's saying, get going. I'm with you wherever you go. Yeah. Yes. You don't have to do it like X, Y, Z. I'm with you. And that said, of course, there are, for some people, you're going to have tighter boundaries for your protection. Well, right. That's kind of um, when when Paul says, like, everything is permissible, not everything is beneficial. Right, right. But we, we see that, and we like to use it when... Um, when we're within a boundary. Yeah. Everything's permissible and everything's beneficial. That's why I don't do it. But we don't like when people are, have other things that are a bit more permissible for them than us. Yeah. We kind of say it to be like, it's not beneficial. Yeah. I'm going to say it like everything's permissible but not beneficial as right. if that can convince you to not do that thing. Right. People are going to have some different permissions. Like right. even God himself said like, you can't marry a Moabite up to the 10th generation. And then who did he have marry a Moabite right before that? He broke his own rule. Boaz. He broke his own rule. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we're just like, we see that. And instead of being like, oh, wow, maybe there is a little less rigor mm-hmm. than maybe things are a little more nuanced. And so we're like, well, it's because it's God. He can just, he can just do it if he wants right. to. And it's kind of this way of just like shutting down the fact that there could be nuance. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Instead of like going in and being like, what is that? It's like, here, I'm just going to say God can do it so I don't have to think right. very hard. Right. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, and again, it's like I understand the desire to please the Lord, you know? And, and yeah. so I don't want to shame people for, for that. Like, I want to do the right thing. But the point of this isn't about you doing the right thing. It's that Jesus did the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Carly. You know, like, like that's the gospel. Yeah. That we can't. You know, I... Um, I haven't even finished the book yet, and I started it, like, a year ago. This is just how my brain works, okay? <laughs> I'm nine. I just, like, glean for a long time. Anyway, it's about the crucifixion and uh, Fleming Rutledge. What a fantastic That's name. a name. Bless her. That's a her? It's a her. Fleming Rutledge? Yes. The only better name is Flannery O'Connor. Mm-hmm. I love her. Wonderful. Yeah. So Fleming Rutledge is, I mean, making the case that um, just understanding the total depravity of our world and how great a sacrifice the cross is. And it doesn't even specifically just lay out, like, specific theologies of what we think happened when Jesus died. It's saying it's all of it. It's not just that he redeemed you, or it's not just that he forgave you, or it's not just that he was punished for you. It was all of it. Mm-hmm. And and so, because it, it had to be this grand, grand thing. And so basically a huge point that she makes is that sin is so much more all-encompassing than we can ever realize. Mm-hmm. We are so worried about doing wrong things. A sin. I sinned. But that fear of what it ends up, that's also rooted in a sin somewhere. And her point is that this whole world is full of sin. And so even though someone's sick and we look at them and we're like, it's not that this person sinned or that their parents sinned, but it's here because of sin, Mm -hmm. sin of the world. And it is here to see God's power break through. Mm Mm-hmm. And so even if you're not directly healed in this lifetime, it, it, it is still, it, it, you're still trapped. In, we're trapped in a world full of sin. And it's some, some of it is 
deliberate choices we made, but I, I've just been thinking a lot more about how sin is anything that is less than the divine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's hard, I think, because even I, as I hear that, I'm like, no, it's when you do something actively against God's will. Right. But that's, no, that's that's just what we've been set up yeah. to only ever think about. Yeah. It's just any wrong action or wrong thought right. or whatever. Right, Well, and people will, you know, there's the times, if there's a hurricane, it, it hit the city because they're sinners. It's like, no, but it did hit the city because hurricanes exist because we're in a fallen world and it is groaning. And it is... You know, whether it's a deliberate sin, it, it's not a deliberate sin, but it is, we are infiltrated by it. Yeah. And there's really- and so the separation from what is right. And so that, to me, that shift in my thinking makes the freedom of God so much more all-encompassing because it's more than just, okay. Because you will never not be a sinner. Yes. While you are on earth. And so yes. instead of it being There's like, no condemnation. how many things can I do that I am not as much of a sinner as I was? Right. Nothing. Yeah. Literally nothing. Right. It just, it, it makes me realize how much more depraved I am and how much more loving God is. Well, and that's why I think it can be so offensive when it's like, when Paul says like, the more sin there is, the more grace there is. Mm-hmm. I want to know more grace. Mm-hmm. And people hear that and they're like, he couldn't possibly mean that then there must be more sin. Well, he kind of does, but, but it, not in the way you're afraid of. Not in the way that we go and do more things in order to get more grace. No, it's, it's that to be the more, more aware. The more we look inside, the more darkness we see and we bring it to the light. Yeah, and rather than being afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of, again, going back to that everything is permissible, not everything is uh, beneficial. Paul was not an idiot. Paul was very careful with his words, so careful that he even made some up. Yeah. There are a few times we don't really actually know what Paul means because he made up a word. Right. He's that devoted to language. (laughs) So when he says everything is permissible, that's not a slip. Right. Everything is permissible. Mm -hmm. Everything. Mm -hmm. Everything. Yeah. Does that mean it's promoted? Right. Can you murder somebody and still be under the umbrella of the love of God? Yeah. Because guess what? Nothing can separate you from it. And that's where I keep going back again with Paul, the book of Romans, that nothing is going to separate you from his love. And so it's not like he's up there being like, oh, man, you're not supposed to murder, but it's cool. It's cool, guy. Right. He, the heart of God grieves. Yes. Of course the heart, like yes. the mother in the courtroom when the murderous child is taken away grieves like, how did this happen? Right. But that's still her baby. Right. How, like that tent, like God feels that. Mm-hmm. But nothing, nothing separates you from the love of God. Therefore, yeah. everything is permissible to remain under his love. Yeah. Yeah. But we look at the, and not everything's beneficial. So we spend more time looking for what probably isn't beneficial and just like staying away from it. Right. And then what happens when we do that, like, again, boundaries, healthy. Know your boundaries. But I think that sometimes we end up in order to please God and to do the right thing and be holy, be obedient. We look for the things that are probably unbeneficial and we put our hands up to it. And what we do in that time, that, that motion of putting our hands up to that thing that's unbeneficial is we stick our hands in the faces of the people who live there. Mm-hmm. And then what do you have? Right. You have a church that's not going. Mm-hmm. I think that um, the, the line in uh, the song, No Longer Slaves, right? If we're talking freedom, mm-hmm. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. And that attitude of being so afraid of sin and messing up, that's not freedom. Mm-hmm. That's fear. And what it does it say in Timothy, like this uh, spirit does not give, or we are not given a spirit of fear. Right. We're given a spirit of love, power, sound mind. Mm-hmm. And so any of that sort of abusive thinking in our own brains or being promoted by people over us, it's about controlling God. And it's not always malicious, right? but it's fear-based. It's, it yeah. is because we do not actually know. We don't know how free we are. Yeah. We haven't, it's, we don't actually trust he's forgiven us. Yeah. If we, if we really did, we wouldn't be stepping so carefully. Yeah. And we also wouldn't be drawing lines around other people right right there's so much 
like, we just don't have to be afraid. Like, you can, you're untouchable in his love. And, and so that idea that, like, of, you know, even in this, in Galatians specifically, when they're talking about being enslaved to the ways of the world and being stuck in those ways of thinking and being stuck in religiosity and trying to do things in order to please God, that's enslavement. Uh, yeah. Yes. We can paint it nicely as love. We can paint it as an obedience. And I think that there is a mustard seed of love in that because we do want to please God, right? Yeah. yeah. And the good news is with a mustard seed, look what can happen, okay? Mm-hmm. So you grow in that love and then all of a sudden those fears are gone. And you're slowly, you know, I think in my own journey, um, yeah, I mean, even something as silly as drinking, <laughs> you know, that for some people it's not, it's a really big deal and you're not supposed to do that. And I myself had a lot of fear because we have alcoholism in the family. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, and I still have pretty strict standards for myself mm-hmm. of who I drink with, how mm-hmm. often I drink. Um, but, but I'm not scared of it anymore. Yeah. Because even if I cross the line, I come back to my Jesus and be like, help me. And that's what's so hard is that sometimes when people start to lose their fear, mm-hmm. they're told they're backsliding. Mm-hmm. But you can't, like, I've talked to a lot of you, a lot of you listening, I have talked to you about how often as you start to gain courage and you start to let go of fear, how many people within your churches are telling you you're backsliding. And listen, there are wrong ways to leave. There are bad reasons right. to leave. Right. Um, if you're just leaving because you're upset or annoyed, like, no, what you need is a breather. Mm-hmm. But if you really, like, you can feel Jesus, follow that. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not within the walls of your church. Yeah. Follow, he matters more. His yeah. voice and opinion matter more. Be fearless in that. Yeah. And even if you're wrong, you're not outside of his hand. Nothing can stop separate you from the love of God. And like if you if you open yourself to yourself up to conviction, mm-hmm. he'll reveal it. But he will not shame you. If yeah. there is shame coming in, that is the voice of the accuser. Yes. There is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Sometimes we can feel shame, and this is how do I explain this? Like sometimes you're getting conviction, like that is a true conviction, like, hey, you need to not do that. Yeah. And then the accuser comes in with shame. Right. And we say, like, no, that's the accuser talking. And we kind of, in sweeping out the shame, also sweep out the conviction. Right. We can't do that either. Like, we need to be praying discernment over ourselves to know, like, whose voice is whose, even if it's in the same moment, saying the same words. Right. Um, but it's true, this idea that sometimes fear, it's sneaky. And I even, so my best friend, this was probably three or four years ago, convicted me. Um... I don't, there were several different subjects that we had been talking about. Um, And I was just adamant about this certain theological point. And I was just like losing my mind trying to make sure that he believed it too, because I knew it was true. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he was like, yeah, it probably is true, but you don't believe it because it's true. Mm -hmm. You're, you believe it because you're afraid, you're afraid it's not. Mm -hmm. And I got really angry right <laughs> you know i was right. like no i don't because i was confident yeah how can confidence be yeah. based in fear yeah but it was because anytime anything was spoken against my view yeah. that bubbling up of anxiety would happen i would have to fight back and put that sword that's not confidence yeah that's not and and the thing i'm thinking in those terms for any of our listeners who are there i've been there you know that Trying to stand on the truth. Mm-hmm. How, to put this as lovingly as possible, that's sin. Your fear is not it, of God. It's not trusting him. It's not trusting. That is not a relationship. And so I'm not saying... That said, you're not separated from his love. Yeah. Don't hear that as a condemnation. Don't hear that as... See, you're no different. But recognizing, oh, I'm a sinner in need of grace. I think the more we recognize these ways in which we think incorrectly or we feel incorrectly more like, um, or, or we try and do things a certain way, 
our way, mm-hmm. even if we can paint it with the Bible, when that is not God's way. Mm-hmm. So how do we, for one, surrender that to him, but in a way that isn't limiting, but eliminating that chain of anxiety, of fear, of doubt, of mistrust? Oh. I think everybody's going to have a different journey through that. Yeah. For me, it came down to I had to look at people around me who I saw enslaved by something, mm-hmm. even if it was something more obvious, mm-hmm. even if it was just like a lifestyle that I thought was chaining them, and start developing a relationship there. And that really made me notice that they were actually free in areas that I assumed they had chains and I was the one in chains. Yes. And that the places where they had chains it was actually my job to speak into them that they didn't have to wear shame there. And sometimes that was scary because I actually, I started to notice ways where I wanted them to feel shame for that. Yeah. So that I didn't have to face it. Yeah. I didn't have to face that sin of theirs or I didn't Mm -hmm. have to have that hard conversation or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is if you're telling someone that Jesus loves them and you want to add some sort of caveat to that, Mm -hmm. you are not spreading the gospel. You're not speaking the gospel to them. Yeah. Um, I want to see starting with us. (laughs) That we would be so drawn by the love of God and the freedom therein instead of fear. Do you think because we have grown up in a nation that prides itself on its freedoms and its rights, Mm -hmm. um, that that's part of why we don't actually understand Christ's freedom is because we, we assume freedom is one thing. We assume that freedom is this national version of it, right? Where it's like you you are free to vote. You're free to, well, mm-hmm. now everyone is free to marry. Like you are free to do all these things that you believe, that we believe that we need for, you know, um, uh, our pursuit of happiness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Our life and our liberty and our pursuit of happiness. Right. We have a right to those things. Mm-hmm. We can't be infringed upon with those and we can't infringe on someone else's. Um but gospel freedom, you know, it's like even if you are, the gospel freedom was essentially there to say, like, even if you are enslaved, you are free in me. Yeah. Um, and if you are not, like, there is still there is still a taking up of the cross that we have to yeah. do. And not, like, go search for the cross to take up. Like, right. But national freedoms, we set up national freedoms with the hope that we won't have to bear any cross. That yep. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, right? Mm-hmm. But that's, that's, not, saying, that's yeah. not gospel freedom. Like Gospel freedom is like, when you follow me, you will have trouble. Mm-hmm. You will suffer. Mm-hmm. But you are free. The inside of you is yeah. free. I know a lot of people who have all the boxes checked on the things they wanted in life. Mm-hmm. And they're not free. Yeah. And so do you think that, I'm getting a little convoluted here, but like, (laughs) do you think that because our idea of freedom is health, wealth, happiness, Mm -hmm. life, liberty, happiness, that that's why we are not finding freedom in Christ because we're looking for the wrong thing? I think that that's a big part of it. I also think... Because he says, actually, no, take those things, lay them down. You're actually going to leave behind your family and your loved ones, and you're going to hate them compared to me. Like, And I think our Americanized Christianity is about the individual rather than the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just interpret things, again, just so differently than original listeners would have. Yeah. Um, and, and not always in wrong ways. Like, I think that we can benefit from, from different perspectives like that. But, um, I think in response to the American Christian way of just pursuing your American rights instead of your Jesus freedom, um, I think some of our issues (laughs) come from rightly so pastors of the past trying to push against that and being like, no, it's about sacrificing. It's about obedience. Mm -hmm. But then that swings the pendulum to that extremism where all of a sudden, where's our freedom? Yeah. And and so there's, again, that, that back and forth, um, is, is tricky. And and the answer is always in the middle (laughs) to, to where the pendulum settles. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I just, I don't know. I guess we just kind of have to end with an exhortation that is to say, like, if 
don't e- I don't even know. Like, listen, your your national freedom is not gospel freedom. Mm-hmm. And we part of encourage your freedom. you to look for the difference. Yeah, and trust trust and believe that you've been granted freedom. Yeah, you have it. I would add, um, finding freedom starts with repentance. Yeah, and that's where we get confused with this obedience thing, right? But the point of repentance is to say, I am trapped in this. And so I want to be set free from this chain that's holding me back. My challenge that I always am like, I should do this every day, and then I don't do it every day, is in, you know, specifically if you're looking in Galatians from where that verse is from, there's a list in there. uh, in Galatians 5, I believe, is that where the fruit of the Spirit is? Before you get to the fruit of the Spirit, it talks about the fruit of unrighteousness, mm. the fruit of slavery. Anger. Anger is one of them. Competition. Sure. Um, uh, you know, the flesh. You're trapped in the ways of the flesh. The ego. So, yeah, you're, you know, it, of course it talks about sexual immorality and witchcraft and drunkenness and orgies, but also jealousy, discord, factions. Uh, Discord, mm-hmm. Th- and that's not the, like, and that's not the same. Selfish as, like, ambition. That's not the same as like disrupting bad systems. Right. That is adding to noise instead of trying to have conversations yeah. that figure out the truth. And so going through, there's you know in Romans one or two, I can't remember which passage in Romans and Galatians, it tells you very harsh things that enslave us, all of us. And we need to do that inner work of repentance and looking and being like, I'm trapped. I am so stuck in this. And repent, bring that to the Lord. And what is the fruit he offers instead? Love, joy, peace, patience, (laughs) kindness, goodness, you know, faithfulness, self-control, like all of those things. It comes not just because we're trying to do the good thing. We're trying to be loving and joyful. It's from saying, I am trapped in this thing. And actually being willing to change it. Yes. That's the difference between repentance. There was this quote posted the other day. Um, Barbara Round Taylor's, love her. Mm -hmm. Uh, She said, most of us prefer remorse to repentance. We would rather say, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I feel really, really awful about what I have done, but never actually start doing things differently. Mm. That's not repentance. Right. That is repentance is bringing something to the Lord, saying that I've done this wrong, and now not just being like, and I'm just gonna keep going on with my life. It is actively being like, I want to do that differently. Yeah, uh, we. Hear, I want a different life. We hear people talk about repentance a lot, but usually it's only under again that remorse thing. It's usually just to be like they just um, they're not sorry, mm-hmm. and that's it's again that thing like we just want them to feel the shame for it, right. just feel the guilt for it. Mm-hmm. No, repentance is not for you to put on someone else. It is only for us to look at in ourselves and to actually be willing to say, like, I actually want to do this differently. Until you are actually wanting to do it differently, you're not repenting. Right. So take some time to look at how enslaved you are, how trapped you are, how trapped our world is. Grieve over that. Be upset about it. And beg God to make things right. And that is where freedom comes out. That fruit of righteousness. Beginning with you. Yeah. Begging God to make th- make things right. I think right now a lot of us are already doing that. Right. But we are praying it over other people. And when we say make things right, what we mean is make them like us. Yeah. That's not repentance. Mm-hmm. That's not repentance. Start with yourself. And that's not freedom. Yeah.